and the five things that cause people to fail in their marriage. I, I want to talk to you just a little bit uh, before I even get into the message is that God has specifically spoken to you as an individual in the last three weeks. And I want to encourage every one of you today to recognize what God is saying. I want you to, to really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Dan said it eloquently, the Holy Spirit is here. He is in you. He is speaking to you. And he's given you innate purpose. He's given you a purpose that is so full of joy, and a lot of times people miss it. I, Terry and I have a lot of fun. Not that every single second of our life is fun, but the reality is, is we have a lot of fun. And I always attribute it to that every year we talk about our purpose. Why are we, as individuals on this earth, but why are we collectively as a couple? And I want to ask you today in the Ready, Set, Go series that we're doing, and we're going to continue talking about the now God, is why are you here? Why are you still breathing? Why are you doing the things that you do? Why do you have the job that you have? Why don't you have the job that you have? There is a specific reason for everything. And so we have been talking about the nature of God or how God relates to us. <clears throat> We've learned that we're created in the image of God. And being created in the image of God and his likeness means that we think like him. We have the ability to think and literally to walk in life with the nature of God. <clears throat> so understanding God operates in the now helps us relate to him in the right way. So let's turn to Exodus 3 again. You can see it on the screen. Moses had been chased out of Egypt. And in the time frame of the 40 years, he met God. The burning bush, all the different stories of Moses. And he met God. And my question again is, I, I need to ask you this, is, why did God present himself as a burning bush? Why did God do all these things? There is a specific reason for everything. Now, let me just say this to you. If the Bible doesn't tell us specifically what it is, in essence, that that, was, that reasoning or that purpose was for Moses. But I want you to transfer this and understand that when we see the heart of God and the nature of God towards Moses then he has the same heart towards us. And every one of us have our burning bush. Every one of us have our times when we fail, times when we succeed, times where God speaks to us, and times where we think that he's not talking, that he's not speaking to us, that he is, just where we're not listening correctly. And in Exodus 3, verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? He asked the question. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Again, the culture of Egypt was polytheist. They worshiped many gods. Everything that was anything, they worshiped. He told Moses to say, I am who sent me. Now, I want to give you a reminder, I am means he is the God of now. Let's explain this again. I am means many different things. It communicates God's, we use the term transcendence, over space and time and everything. Transcendence is his nature and identity goes beyond ordinary limitations. God is not hooked to anything but himself. God is set. He is above all things. He is greater than all things. That's what I am means. So you can imagine when God said to Moses in that answer to his question, who do, who do I say that you are? He says, tell him I am. Tell him I'm above everything they've ever worshiped. Tell him anything they've ever experienced in their life. I am above this and I am God. I am the true God. I am exists above and is an independent of all things. Literally, he's saying, I am the God of our past, our present, and our future. In relating to us, God, the I am, communicates also his intimacy and his personal presence, saying, when you tell Israel I am, tell them I'm always there. Now, we have the difference of the new covenant where he's inside us, where they would go to, to the temple and, and, and he would be behind the curtain. The summation is that God will physically never leave us. And a lot of people must understand that. We, we hear it constantly in church. We, we read it in the Bible, but we must recognize God will physically never leave us. He's always there. He will never forsake us, meaning he will never turn his heart away from you and I. He turns away from sin, but he doesn't turn away from you. A successful life is one that relates with God in the now. I am is now. See, the battle we learned in this series is Satan wants to blind us of the now and cause situations to arise, listen very closely, that we live in the past and we worry about the future. We are not in the now. We are blinded by the now. Bondage keeps us from seeing the now present God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. So the question is what do we do and how should we live with this knowledge of the nature of God? Because in many instances, the enemy through life, the situations we faced, is the enemy will will take the experiences of life, whether good or bad, and he'll always get us into the past or the future. And he always wants to keep us away from the now 
Because in the now, that's where God is. Let me say it this way. When you're distracted by your past and you're worried about your future, you're like an unweaned child, always needing something, looking for someone else to care for you other than God. You become restless and cannot focus on the one you're with, the I am, the now God. So when your past is reconciled, when you realize who you are, you realize the nature of God, the I am, that he's always there and he'll never forsake you, then you begin to understand that your past is reconciled and your future is settled. All of a sudden, you can look back and lean on God and your rest is in him, the great I am. That was a mouthful that I just said. Because to express and explain to you the I am is so huge. There's so much of who I am is that we miss so much of it. Even today, I, I express to the Lord, God, there's so much that you have done that I've seen of who you are. I've been able to, to move in a relationship with you, but there's so much more of you. I just want more of you. I just want more of who you are, the I am. So let me talk now about the devil for a few minutes. I believe the number one way the devil torments us regarding our past is through regret and condemnation. Do you understand that? That much of the toil that we have, much of the burden that we have is based on a tormenting spirit of the enemy wanting to get us back in our past so that we have regret and condemnation in our life. And then we're constantly pursuing trying to be healed when the Bible says that in our salvation, we are to walk it out and we are healed. As you grow older, there are things that you regret that you did. You know, I, I can think through and there are things, you know, we didn't do that we wish we did do. And I, I began to think when I was writing this is, don't you wish you had a time machine you could go back and slap yourself when, when you get out of line? Wouldn't that be great? You know, go back to when you were 12 or 15 or 21 or 25 and just, you know, when you were about to do something that you have carried for years that all of a sudden you appeared in front of yourself and you just slapped yourself silly. Said, knock it off. I know what your future will be if you do this or if you don't do this. Unfortunately, that time machine doesn't exist. But something better does. Listen very closely. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. It's greater than anything that you wish you could have done or not do. It's not just the blood of Jesus. Look at this scripture, Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The I am that's always there will never forsake you can turn your situation around. 
See, when we begin to understand the nature of God and that he's always there and that he'll never forsake us and we can begin to understand that your past is reconciled and there's nothing of your past that can hold you down and bind you into a place where you cannot attain the future that God has planned, but you have to see it in the now. You have to see your past is reconciled today. You have to see the forgiveness See, he can take Peter and turn his denials around. The I am, he can take the Apostle Paul, who killed Christians, and have him write most of the New Testament. He can take Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons, and turn her around into one of the most loyal disciples. The I am can take Jacob the deceiver, and turn him into Israel, which means he who is a prince with God. He could take you, who maybe before Christ thought of yourself as worthless, and you didn't think good of yourself, and and maybe some of you even contemplated suicide, you contemplated giving up, you contemplated leaving everything and running away. He could take your past and it could be reconciled. Because watch this, for the I am who is ever present and will not forsake you can take your past and turn it around as long as you understand it is reconciled. And then you walk away from it. Church, you gotta walk away from it. Knowing now your future is a done deal and something good is about to happen. I've done many funerals and I've heard so many spouses say, I wish I could have done better. I wish I would have done this. Their memory, this condemnation that comes in, it comes in and wants to tell them, you know, if you would have done this, maybe something would have been different. Know this, the devil hates the now. He hates the deliverance. He hates the forgiveness. He hates the peace that comes when you understand the I am. Because the now is where God is. Now is where we relate to God. Now is where we hear God's voice. Now is where God's plans are fulfilled. You may not see it, but in the now it's fulfilled in God, the I am, who is of the past, present, and future. And when you understand that terminology, you understand that principle of who God is, the I am, then when you look towards your future, you may not know everything that's going to happen, but you can rest in it because you know in the now today, it's been reconciled and you have peace with God knowing that he will do what he's promised you. So now the devil knows it's where God is, so he wants to drag you into your past. The devil wants you to live in your past, which brings regret and condemnation. What is condemnation? Let's talk about that a little bit. What is condemnation? The Bible says we all have done something wrong and come short of the glory of God. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. Conviction is where the Holy Spirit comes to us, always in a tender way and in a specific way. I want to tell you, the, the, the thing that, that 
I look at today in the world, what I've experienced at 60 years of age is this, that many people hate correction. And the Holy Spirit, one of the most intimate things, loving things that he does is he brings correction to our lives. And when he brings correction to our lives, it's very tender and it's very specific. But we're going to see the difference where the devil uses condemnation. But the Holy Spirit says, you know, you shouldn't have said that to her. I want you to go and make it right. The Holy Spirit is the kindest person you will ever know. He's living inside you. The Holy Spirit, and I'm going to use this term as a man, the Holy Spirit is very loving and very sweet. He's very specific, and he's consistent. Saying, honey, I don't want you to do that. But condemnation, listen to the difference. Condemnation is not sweet or loving or even specific. Condemnation is this. It's a label you can't get off. Saying you have done too many things and you're a mess. Condemnation says God is irritated at you and you don't know why he's irritated at you. You ever had that at home? Where someone in your house is walking around like death warmed over and you don't know why? And the thing you want to do is you want to run. See, condemnation gets to the point of saying, you've had chance after chance after chance after chance. You might as well give up. And live today in your past. Condemnation says daddy's mad at you, so don't jump on his lap. He's not going to get over it. That's the voice of condemnation. But listen intently. There is a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is about the thing I did, but shame is about who I am. The devil wants to put shame on you because shame says you are a bad person. Shame says you're not spiritual. Shame says you're not God's favorite. By the way, do you know I'm God's favorite? Let me give you another clue. So are you. It's about making you believe you have a flawed identity and you can't do anything about it. That's what shame does. If God wanted it to be different, he would not have sent his son for us. Jesus Christ came, and he was crucified, and he shed his blood. He took stripes upon his back for a specific purpose. God is a forgiving God. It's his nature to forgive. There is nothing we have done that he he won't forgive. It's the power of the blood. It's not how bad you've done things. It's not how better you've been. Don't measure yourself, well, I'm doing better. You're doing great because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The nature of God is forgiveness. When we confess a sin, he removes the sin. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1.9 says. Let me read you Psalm 103, and I want you to really understand the nature of God and the I am, that he's always there and he never forsakes you. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeemed your life from the pit and crowned you with love and compassion. <laughs> I love that. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How many of you realize, and we said this a couple years ago, how many of you realize there's a north and a south pole? If God said he removes sin as far as the two poles, north and south pole, that's how far he removes your sin. It's measurable because there's a north and a south pole. When he says as far as the east from the west, there is no east or west pole. Verse 12 means when you go to God and ask forgiveness, you will never find that sin again in all eternity. The record has been erased. So church, this is what I'm telling you in this series is break free from your past. Break free from these things that have held you down. Break free from condemnation. God is leading you to decisions of the things of God in your family, in your home, and, and, and all the things that you are doing in your life. And the problem is, is we're making decisions based on fear. We're making decisions based on condemnation and wrong guilt because we're not free. We're still living in our past. The I am who transcends all cannot go back in your past. It's over. We say, I wish I could change things of my past. Oh, that's good, because I wish I could do that. But God is able to take it and turn it around as Romans 8, 28 says. God will turn your mess into a victory and even a ministry. He will turn my problems into something great. How does he do that? It's all been reconciled. And now my future is in his hands. Do you get that? When I allow my past to be reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can rest in the future is God's. 
He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He will always be there. And when the enemy comes against me and tries to bring condemnation, remember, the gates don't chase you. You chase the gates. You go to the gates of hell, and you tell that in Jesus' name, I take authority over you, and you free up my children. You free up my grandchildren. You free up every aspect of your life, because if he has any hold on this, how he does it is through their past. Because it hasn't been reconciled in their mind that they're free. So here's what I want you to understand. Until your past is reconciled by the grace and power of I am, you cannot move forward. Some cannot rest in this because they just don't think God likes them. Oh, that sounds so simple. That sounds so childlike, but I want to tell you, it's a deep spiritual thing that the enemy wants to do is get you to a place that you don't think God likes you. When God loves you and his love is pure and he is always there, even in your worst, he's there. I want to show you this. I want to show you the heart of God. And a lot of people, this is in the, the scriptures, the Bible, where your pages are white and not yellowish. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. I want to just tell you the angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, not the Joshua of the book of Joshua. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, Jesus and Satan standing at the right hand to oppose him, the angel of the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. This is the high priest. And was standing before the angel, Jesus. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from Joshua. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the, uh, the angel of the Lord stood by picture of this passage is this. The high priest of Israel was standing before Jesus Christ. Satan was standing at Jesus' right hand, accusing Joshua before Jesus. You know what? This is the picture of all of our lives. This is what happens on a daily basis. The problem here is the high priest was the best of all Israel. He's the dude that's supposed to have it all together. The Bible said he stood in filthy garments. And the literal language, it describes manure-tainted garments. The high priest was covered with this cow dung. 
pretty sick, huh? But look at the reaction of Joshua. He got so excited about the new clothes, Joshua, the high priest, never looked at the devil, but he kept his eyes on Jesus. See, that's the point here, folks. He kept his eyes on Jesus. He did not look at the devil. He did not listen to what the devil was saying about him. Jesus then looked at Satan and said, the Lord rebuke you. Jesus says in the NIV, is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? It means, I know where I found this man. He was in the middle of cow dung in his sin. Where I found him, he was doing the wrong thing. Jesus said, but I reached down and I plucked him out of his mess, and I have a purpose for his life. Church, there's a purpose for your life. But in order to understand your purpose fully, you must be delivered from your past. You must reconcile your past. And what the angel of the Lord, Jesus, was saying, don't tell me about his problems. I've known of them for all these years. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> then Jesus turned to Joshua with manure all over him and said, I will give you a new set of clothing. I have taken away your sin. Then Zechariah got all excited and said, hey, give me a new hat too. <laughs> See the end of the story where Satan is accusing Joshua and Jesus gives him new clothes. The only thing Joshua did was not pay attention to Satan, but to Jesus. Because every single day of your life, Satan, the gates of hell, will not prevail against you. The Satan is standing there accusing you. The secret of our future is to understand all have fallen short of the glory of God, and there is only one answer, the mercy of God. That's why the worst of the worst in sin and the best of the best without sin can stand together because of the mercy of God. That's why you can have church and from all walks of life we can come and be accepted in the, in the brethren, be accepted in, in, in the church. Why? Because it's Jesus' mercy that gives you new clothes, that removes sin from you. But we live our life judging ourselves, judging others. Church family, the rest of your lives, Satan will be accusing you. And most of us have a long list. But he accuses you because Satan wants you to keep your eyes off of the angel of God. Jesus, the I am. Church don't make decisions based on fear. When you make decisions based on fear, you will face fear again the next day. Because fear doesn't lead you, faith leads you. Fear does not cause you to move to the next level with God. Faith causes you to do that. It's a confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Finally, what I want to say here is we all understand why Satan does what he does. 
And, and the answer is Satan is trying to keep you from enjoying God now. He's trying to keep you from believing God now because of what's gone on in your past, what's gone on in your friend's past. You're making decisions in your family. You're making decisions, but you say, oh, we can't do that because of what we did in our past because you haven't reconciled that in your own heart. That God forgives as far as the east from the west. We, we put even church, we put identities on people that are not identities given by God. They're given by their past. And if God can forgive their past and totally remove it, that you never see it again for eternity, us, mankind, keep people in their past. We accuse because this, you did this 10 years ago, you did this five years ago, now you can't do this because you blew it. That's so far from the truth, church. So far from the truth. Satan every day tries to take you on a tour of your past. But let me say it this way. No more, church. No more. I am is a now God. You are delivered. Every time the devil reminds you of your sins, praise God for his blood. Amen? Praise God for his blood. The blood is the most powerful thing we have to reconcile our past. So what do you do with this? You begin to follow the I am, the now God. Forgive, love, be faithful. Do not judge others. Tithe and give alms. Walk in the presence of the I am. Live your life by faith and not fear. Allow yourself to recognize Jesus Christ is Lord. I was talking to Terry the other day, and, and I was saying, you know, in all the years of ministry, the hardest thing that we all have in our life is to accept correction. We have a, a desire to do things right, but what we do is we don't want to be corrected, so we make decisions based on fear, and then when things fall apart, then we run to get help. And I want to say to you that we have to get to a place in our life that we honor the authority of I am. Watch this. We honor the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. That we honor the authority of the stripes that he took upon his back. That wasn't just a flesh thing. That was a spiritual thing that he proclaimed and literally fulfilled scripture that healing is now. Healing is for today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of, not, of things not seen. 
It's now. And the reason why we can't believe it in the now is because we haven't reconciled our past. We truly don't understand the authority of, of the I am. And he's given that authority to us. Church family, I desire as your pastor that you would allow today for your life to make a decision. I am no longer going to allow my life to be directed by my past. Sure, we learn from our past. But I'm talking about spiritual maturity in the Word of God. We no longer allow our past to direct us. But we allow now to direct us. The ever-present God is with you. And if you could see him, he's looking right at you with absolutely, absolutely nothing hindering him from intimately loving you and directing you and helping you and healing you. Nothing. Because remember, he's I am. He's transcendent of all things. He's not connected to your past. He's not connected. He doesn't have to move by because you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The blood of Jesus Christ has transcended you into the power of I am. And you today can walk in victory. Romans 8.28 is not just a cute poem. Romans 8.28 is a power of the I am. The nature of God that will turn everything around for the good. Forgiveness doesn't make us right, but forgiveness makes us free. You've been forgiven. Doesn't mean everything you're doing is right, but it makes you free. Free to do what? Enjoy the intimacy of I am the God that loves you. You are his daily delight. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.